Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the a and After Show. It's me, Lindsay Loveridge, a and executive editor slash potential prosper cosplayer. Can you see it? I yeah. can kind of see it. Can you see it? How about now? I just got to get the mask. There it is. I just got to get the mask. Here I am. How dare you do that to someone? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. sorry. I got confused. Sorry. Yeah. And with me today is uh, James Beckett, a reviewer and one of my favorite people, to be absolutely Aww. honest. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, Jackie's not here this week we're going to be moving the podcast back to mondays not next week but the week after to accommodate as she's doing some cool uh things and tuesdays just aren't working so we're going to be moving to mondays um starting next season uh also to get everyone up to date if you're watching last week i said that we were gonna have the trailer watch party on the 19th um i lied i have a meeting on the 19th that i have to be at and it's at the exact same time so we are going to be having trailer watch party me james jeff you from mother's basement and jackie jing will all be here at 5 p.m pacific 8 p.m eastern on wednesday june 21st 21st that is the day for realsies for all the summer trailers we're gonna watch all of them um i'm already kind of scared because i looked over the series list and it kind of sucks oh no i'm sorry do we have as many the last couple Oh, I didn't do it. I haven't done a count. Okay. I have not done a count yet. I just this, sort of, this kind of sucks, but it's only like 30 instead of 50. That would be nice. I don't know that that's true. We've got like a couple of second seasons of stuff that's coming back that looks halfway decent. I mean, if you like Bleach, Bleach is coming back. Um, Sugar Apple Fairy Tales coming back for people who watched that and really enjoyed it. Um, JJK's... Is that fall or is that? I think I'm pretty sure JJK is fall. So, um, yeah, that we're not getting that. Otherwise, we'd you know I'd be hyping hyping that up. I'm actually scrolling through. Uh, Hori Mia is coming back, which oh yeah, the weird like psych. Uh, we're, we like adapt a, everything. Yeah, it's like some side chapters. I think it's called Hori Mia: The Missing Pieces. Uh, Mushoku Tensei is coming back because you know that's for somebody. Um, but other than those, uh, my happy marriage is one that I think actually is supposed to look pretty good. And oh, you know what? I lied. Jujutsu Kaisen is coming back. Yes. Jujutsu Kaisen is coming back. I'm sorry. Heck yeah. I'm gonna have to send a note to um, uh, a couple people who are making graphics for a trailer watch party to let them know that Jujutsu Kaisen is coming back. Uh, the new Roroni Kenshin adaptation is premiering, which. <sighs> Yeah, there's just I yeah. I wish I could be excited about that. I know the ups and downs. Um, I don't know if Nicholas Dupree is here, but he'll be happy to know the third season of Rent a Girlfriend is coming back. Woo! Back, wee, yeah, and um, Bungo Stray Dogs, that's coming back. I need to I, catch I, up on that one. I I need to watch that show. I feel like mm-hmm. I mean it's like four seasons in, but it just sounds like the kind of show that'd be right up my alley. Uh, or my yeah. wife's alley. That might be the kind of show that we could yeah, watch. Together. Yeah, you guys could watch it together for real. I need, yeah, I I watched the first two seasons in the movie, but I haven't watched, I didn't finish three and four. Um, Theo in the, in the chat asked, uh, has Pluto's release 
been announced yet. That's a Netflix show. That's a very good question because if Pluto is coming out soon, um, we should all be hyped for that, especially James, because you just finished Monster. I did. God, yeah. that show was long. It was good. <laughs> it, was good. it was so long. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we have a release date for Pluto other than the fact that it is coming out this year. We might get an announcement on that at Anime Expo because I know that Netflix is a panel at Anime Expo and um, Masao Maruyama is going to be there for that. So uh, fingers crossed we find out more definitive information about Pluto. But yeah, otherwise, look, okay, I may have misjudged the list. There are some good things in here that I was not aware of that I intended to be kind of like that season. What was it? Three seasons ago, like the one right after, um, was it right after the Chainsaw Man season? Where like, yeah, we had one season that was nothing but hits, and then after that, it was mostly just like rom coms and isekai. Yeah, it was really dry, kind of, kind of dry for us. Spy Classrooms coming back, James. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> so that gets voted in. For a second, mm-hmm. you said that, and I was like, "Oh, Spy Family," and then my mm-hmm. brain had to remember that Spy Classroom exists. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it it kind of sort of started getting good, like right at the end there. So maybe it'll, hey, yeah, maybe it'll pick up. You know, yeah. And for those just listening to the the audio version of this, um, I'm drinking a frozen lemonade, and it's very tasty. But you may hear get some drink ASMR <laughs> there. I usually don't like bring things with me onto this because I'm like loud, so. Uh, Devil Part-Timer Season 3 also. I feel like that did not hit the way that it would have, what, eight years ago? Seven years yeah, ago, however long? It just it just didn't quite, it missed its, it missed its window, you know? Just sort of missed yeah. its window on that one. They still need to make a Noragami Season 3, though. Uh, that show will never miss its window, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. That's one of those mid-2010 shows that needs to come back even if it's another decade but Theo also wants to know if Near Automata will ever come back that's a wonderful question I'm technically <laughs> reviewing it this season so, <laughs> you're technically uh... reviewing it in perpetuity until it finally yeah. comes back uh, you know I'm assuming say... it's going to start over at this point like, yeah <laughs> you know, it's funny. two and a half months so we just said you know we'll find out more about Pluto at AX and Masamo Oriyama will be there. Yoko Taro is also going to be at AX. So, you know, if I see him, I'll ask him about his anime adaptation. I mean, he's famously great at giving straight answers. So I think that'll be a very easy sit down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you think he wears the the headpiece on the airplane or does he check it in his luggage? Oh, I'm sure he doesn't wear it on the airplane. Are you sure? Yeah, well, because, I mean, the, the whole benefit of the headpiece is when he's not in front of an audience who knows his name, no one knows who he is. So he should be some guy. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He could ride an airplane. No one would know. Uh, Golden Kamui is continuing in the summer season, right? Yeah, Golden Kamui came back season four. Um, that got delayed last season after an unfortunate passing of a staff member. They never did reveal who that was or, or what their role was. Um, but we're into new episodes again now so I'm not sure how many episodes it's supposed to run for though episode four so it's the um, manga the manga is still going right that's one of those ones that... my brain my brain file is saying that the manga ended um a while back okay but let me 
make sure I'm not full of shit. Uh, it won some awards last year. Yes, it ended in three chapters. Uh, it ended last year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So, oh, awesome. So, yeah, it's it's wrapped. So, the anime can adapt it completely, the whole story. Excellent. There shouldn't be any issues with that. So, um, I didn't really pull out any news for us to discuss before we got into the two crazy episodes of anime. So much happened this week. <laughs> so much happened this week. Um, so, I think we'll just dive into that. I mean, I could go on and on about Anime Expo. I'll be in the middle of planning our coverage for that until I'm in Los Angeles. So just, you know, keep an eye out on Anime News Network. We're going to have a ton of coverage of that event. Um, they're still announcing panels, even though the schedule came out last week. <laughs> so like Crunchyroll just announced a bunch of their panels today uh, that were not included in the original schedule, which is great for people like me who are trying to coordinate what like six different people are doing for the next four days. So it keeps it um, interesting. Yeah. Just when I think I have my spreadsheet all filled out and get a press release that's like, hey, here's eight other things from one of the major streaming services of the genre of entertainment that you watch. What's medium of entertainment? The major yeah. one at this point. You know, mm -hmm. I'd said we got High Dive and or Retro Crush. I mean, they mm -hmm. don't have like, they don't really have currently airing stuff. But uh, if you guys have been sleeping on Retro Crush, don't be because uh, they got some good stuff on there. Yeah. Also, speaking of, uh, this is a retro crush specifically, but we had a review that went up earlier this week for Gunbuster. Since that's mm -hmm. on Blu-ray now, you can you can get it. You can physically have Gunbuster. Uh, Caitlin Moore wrote a great review about the anime's significance, as well as just what a good watch it still is. It's a six-episode OAV and seminal, really, as far as mm -hmm. like how much stuff it has affected beyond that point. Early stuff yeah. from Hideaki Anno, so go check that out if you haven't yet. All right, James, should we flip a coin? Are we doing Heavenly Delusion or Gundam first? Oh, gosh. Um, maybe, uh, I feel like even though I got way more screenshots for Gundam, I mm -hmm. think it'll actually go a lot quicker mm -hmm. because a lot of the episode is basically kind of making sure everyone knows what's going on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. I appreciated that. As yes, someone. I did too. <laughs> yeah. I was like, thanks for uh, We finally got the answer that uh, Space Assembly League is kind of, as I expected, the UN of space. Um, whether they're actually fulfilling that role well or not is another they question. Say, but they seem to be way more um, influential <laughs> than, the, yeah. than the actual UN as far as um, their ability to, uh, what's the word, mobilize forces. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, they were they were kind of working for doing some secrety shady stuff in the background there, but uh, I think let me get our first screenshot up here, um, and we can kind of go over the events. I mean, there were a lot of important confrontations or or clearing of the air, like between Mika and Martin after he you know turned her into into the space cops. Um, yeah. So a it, significant percentage of these screenshots are probably going to be me arena looking horribly traumatized. <laughs> she <laughs> was just like face in hands for like yeah. the entire episode. And she's like death. Yeah. Just uh, feel, feel a little bad for her, but um, definitely didn't have any idea what she was getting into, what she was signing up for. And now she's president of the Benaret group, right? Like that kind of, 
went by in the background a little bit. I like, didn't realize that my first watch, honestly, I somehow yeah. missed that. It was yeah. going back through again of the screenshots. So I was like, oh crap, she she's the president now. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Um yeah, so I, she kind of got got thrust into that role, even though she was on the ground during a giant like civil confrontation. Like I was gonna say civil war at first, but that's not really what it is. It's you know, Spaceians versus Earthians attack, and a whole bunch of civilians were killed, and she still ended up getting put into the role. And I feel like I came out of this episode thinking that Prospera expected that. Like her, her, the game that Prospera is playing right now is like the long game. Oh yeah, right. She's 40, like definitely. she's like chess wise, she's like thirty steps ahead yeah. of everybody. Like she knew that Murene would end up at the end of this as president, and that she would uh, be forced to contend with what's all going on here. Well, uh, it turns out as Gundam has often. Um, made central to its themes when the movers and shakers of your geopolitical landscape mm -hmm. are literal children it's pretty easy to get them to do what you want <laughs> yeah yeah um unfortunately yeah uh lfr mentioned in the chat that the caliban is another tempest reference james like my my shakespeare knowledge is limited to mm -hmm not the Tempest. I don't know that much about the Tempest. Uh, you Tempest teach English, so can you fill in there about like... Yeah. So, uh, and um, actually, so in the show, the new Gundam that they kind of pulled out of nowhere, but it's fine because it's probably going to be sick, is um, they're calling it the Calabarn. Okay. And um, I guess a lot of people are thinking that that is a portmanteau of Caliban and mm. Caliburn, which is like another name for Excalibur from... Mm. Um, the Arthurian legends, but mm -hmm. uh, point being, Caliban is the um, horrifically abused and mistreated uh, slave that Prospero in the Tempest keeps on the island and, and has get up to mischief. And there's a whole lot of conflict between them and uh, conniving for you know Caliban to to get out from under Prospero's thumb. Um, Ariel and Caliban are both basically. Um, Slaves. Ariel's a magical Possibly. being, though, right? Like, yeah, I knew, Ariel's I knew, a fairy. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. Um, or I'm not a fairy, but like a wind elemental. Spirit. Yeah, like a nymph, sort of, sort yeah. of. Yeah. Um, so, and in Gunwood for Mercury, like they dropped that name a couple times. It's in this series, that's the name for this other Gundam unit. Yeah, they're calling it the monster, I guess is its nickname. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, but, uh, yeah, I just want to make sure I was following on that. That's what um, mm -hmm. they were referring to when they did that. Uh, we also found out Petra's not dead, which is cool. Um, but Lauda... She's not doing great. She's not doing great. She's seen she's seen better days, but, you know, it looks like she may have lost an eye. Like, she's got an eye patch and everything. But uh, I am worried about Lauda. Oh yeah, Lauda is definitely going to go on like some kind of um, suicide run or some sort of heel turn where he's going to try to kill Miorene and then yeah. Yulena's Why do you think he blames Miorene for everything though? Like I was trying to kind of connect his logic there. I mean, it can't be perfectly logical because he's obviously in a like highly emotional state about his brother and what he learned about his brother and his dad and. I mean, I guess if you're looking at the chain of events that led Ghoul to be sort of um, 
kicked out of kicked off his pedestal and sent to live in the woods as a forest bum. And then he I forgot, was, um, I forgot that he was living in a tent. Yeah. <laughs> and then his, he, his he, journey has been a lot, you know? It truly has. He's yeah. honestly had probably the wildest character arc of this entire show. Mm-hmm. Um as far as just where he started versus where he's at. But I, I, I guess if you're looking at all the stuff that kind of got Ghoul in a position to accidentally murder his own father and yeah. then um, get wrapped up in this, you know, uh, all of this stuff with Miorene right now, um, I think he's basically just looking at her as like the fulcrum for all of that. Okay. Yeah, because it's not like she... I mean, you could argue that, you know she is inadvertently responsible for the conflict that ended up going down uh, on earth because her, her um, political maneuvering, which was, you know, pushed by Prospera quite a bit, um, gave Prospera the in to then manufacture that conflict. Yes. So, and she, I mean, she knowingly, it's not like, it's not like she's like unaware that that Prospera is a conniving madwoman, right? Like she yeah. she knows that Prospera is bad news, right? Because um, she saw what she had done to her daughter. That's like that's what led to that confrontation in the first place. Yeah. And then Prospera was like, "You got to ditch. I'm. I need you to go with me to ditch Suleta, and I need you to become president." But the only reason she wants her to become president is because she can manipulate her and so that the sequence of events that she wants to take place like continue right mm-hmm. um i liked uh Mirene and shadik's uh prison interview here mm-hmm. i liked this this is like visually they've dressed him down in a way that makes him seem like vulnerable but also kind of freeing because he's lost everything this definitely looks like a guy who like has lost everything, but in a way is a little more free because of it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I don't know if it's like the, the the prison cell white clothes vibe, but it gave me kind of um, Magneto and Professor X vibes. Yeah. Where, like you have these people where, you know, me, Rena is like the first to admit, she's like, I don't hate you. I don't think that you're evil. Yeah. Um, like, I think that what you did was messed up, but I get yeah. why you did it. And which is you know, big because that's how her father was injured. Yeah. Was it was in that that attack by uh Donna Fold that mm. he completely put together. I mean, he wanted her dad to die, I think, in that sequence so that his dad would then move into it and then he could kidnap his dad and take over in the first place as well. Um I think it was so interesting is that it, it seems to me that me Rene has more or less just come to terms with the fact that her dad's kind of a terrible person. Yeah. And so like I think like I, again I think she's like mad that he tried to kill her dad, but I think that because she is one of the more reasonable people in the show, mm-hmm. she like understands why. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, yeah, I'd probably want to kill my dad if I were you, to be honest. So Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I, I did like the the sort of meeting halfway they came to where Shadik's like, well, you have to do something or there's going to be more people like me. Like if any, if you do anything, you have to make it. So the earthians don't continue to be radicalized in this way because you aren't treating them like shit anymore. Like, um, so I I liked that in general, I get a, a vibe both by like how much he got mad at ghoul in the previous episodes and this interaction that they have like some kind of like unspoken history him and Mirene that like 
we just don't know the full extent of. Well, I mean, and he was straight up like uh, back, way back in season one when they were at that party. Yeah. Um, uh, and where me reading like established the new Gundam company. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm remembering right, I mean, he just straight up proposed to her basically. Yeah. He was like, hey, I like you. Like, we obviously have some chemistry. If we got married, we could, you know, pull a lot of strings together. Yeah. Um, and so at, at the power very couple, least, we could be a power yeah. couple. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, so at the very least, there's, I mean, and then there was the, um, uh, when he was fighting Ghoul last week and he was screaming about how Ghoul corrupted me, Arena. Yeah. Um, by, by, well, that was him, right? Or was it? Yeah. Ghoul? Yeah. It was him. Yeah. He was, yeah. And I think the motive behind that was like Ghoul was, wasn't strong enough to protect her. And now, like, her name's being dragged through the mud. And, like, he just that Ghoul wasn't smart enough to outwit Prospera. Mm hmm. And so now Mirene is her, her standing as her, she's thrust into the forefront of this conflict or could be made out to be like a scapegoat for it in some way, all these other sorts of things that he wouldn't have allowed to happen if it had been him. At least that's yeah. what he thinks, right? So, yeah. yeah. And meanwhile, her actual fiance is just uh, handing out tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> handing out, handing out tomatoes, you know, you never know. Here you go. You have a bad day. <laughs> Have a tomato. The fact that they legit just like ate the tomatoes and they were like, it's really good. No, no, I get I, eats. I I love tomatoes, honestly. I, I eat tomatoes yeah. all the time. Okay, James. You're I don't just bite into them, I usually slice them, but well, no. okay, yeah. I mean, no. you have you know, like some class there. We're not just because I mean, if you every tomato I've dealt with, if you were to just bite into it like that, you're just like it's just getting all over your hands and. Like, if you don't slice it first, like, usually it's not, there's not any give in a tomato yeah, where you true. could just bite it without it leaking everywhere, you know? Maybe they're, like, that perfect level of ripeness where they're soft enough to where you can do that, but they're not, like, gross. Yeah. I mean, these ones look, these ones look a little uh, squishier than Although most when, tomatoes. When she, um, you watch The Simpsons, right? Uh, I mean, not regularly. But back but... in the day. Sure, I've seen some back in the day episodes. Yeah. So when she bit into the tomato, all I could think of just because of the texture of it yeah. was um, the episode of The Simpsons where Homer accidentally invents tomaco. Oh, okay. <laughs> the tomato with tobacco. Yeah, in yeah, it. yeah, yeah. And yeah, they're like yeah. biting into it, and it's all like brown and yeah, it's like tobacco chew. And yeah. it's, the, the art wasn't bad, but I think maybe that's the last time I've seen someone just bite into a tomato. Yeah, in like a cartoon or something, but all I could think of was me and just handing out tobacco to people to, to give them something to, to distract themselves <laughs> from all their war trauma. I was like, we're gonna get more of those tomatoes. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Hey, speaking to... of last week, you were um, speaking of uh, distracting people from their trauma. Last week, you mm-hmm. were asking about the girl that Choo Choo punched. Yeah, we weren't sure week... she was alive. <laughs> they are alive, and yeah, yeah, tomatoes now. Um, yeah. Choo Choo's putting it all behind her. I mean, she's she's growing. Her hair is growing. I'm still convinced, like, the, the poof balls are getting larger every episode. Like, there was at least well, one with, shot. As her heart grows, her poof balls also grow. Yeah. So. It's like a Grinch situation sort of sort yes. of thing there. Um, this, this was the thought that wasn't coming to me when we were talking about Prospera's machinizations because um, Peel, the Peel tech company jumped ship. 
they're like, well, we don't want to yeah. be associated. So this is this is how Prospera is, is um, orchestrating Mia Rene and in turn her father's and in turn the Benaret group's sort of downfall is that now that she's orchestrated this this fake, well, I mean, it feels real to everyone on the ground, but, you know, made this conflict happen on Earth, it gives the other companies an excuse to distance themselves from the Benaret group and Mirene in general because she was on the ground at the time and now things are splintering. So that's, I feel like that, I feel like that was on purpose. That was oh, yeah. definitely like an intentional move on her part was to Well, I mean, I think it. she needed, I mean, it's still a little unclear exactly how Quiet Zero works and this is skipping ahead a bit, but I think yeah. she needed all of those mobile suits Right. To create that quiet zero web thing. So I think mm -hmm. she was fully anticipating getting the entire blockade uh, coming her direction. I think that's what she wanted. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because she, again, was then able to take out the Assembly League, who I think we learned last week or the week before, like they had been working with Shadik Spring? Yes. Yeah. They were working with Shadik's branch, but also manufacturing the Gundams in secret, right? Which... And, and that's and this is the same group that um, that one lady and, and Elon are associated with, right? Uh, Peel Peel is who Elon that, is associated with, yeah. Okay. And 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 Bell, the the woman who does nothing but cry in front of children and make them feel sorry for her for her horrible horrible war crimes. Um, I appreciated Chuchu telling her. That she's, I think it was Choo Choo who told her she was selfish. Her, yeah. her, her, or Mika, I think, told her that yeah. she was too selfish because she just starts apologizing and, and crying and crying. And it's like the third time we need a favor, Suleta. <laughs> we need you to do a really dangerous thing. We need you to get inside a Gundam that has no protections against Data Storm and go fight your mom. Yeah. But I did also, love, uh, I love the one guy who was like, is there anything that doesn't run on permit power? Yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> I too. that was very much like acknowledging sort of the, the, the kind of space magic -y nature of it, where it's like, is just, does permit power literally just power everything? And they're like, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, I started thinking when they said that, I thought of like, well, it's not that different from Bluetooth, other than the fact that like people are injected with it. So it's like, Imagine if we were all Bluetooth capable. Small detail. Small yeah. detail. Small detail. But all I'm saying is the technology exists. Okay. Um, it's not that weird. <laughs> if you think <laughs> it exists. Um, if you think about how much everything is has Bluetooth capabilities now, like just yeah. like in your house. And then imagine if someone could hijack it and then also kill people with it. But I mean, so it's what you're saying is when, when Apple comes out with those new VR goggles, there's going to be kids that just like overheat and explode from using it. Sure. I mean, isn't Elon Musk like currently testing brain chips and monkeys? Oh God, help us all. Right. Yeah. Technology exists and it's terrifying. Um, so yeah, it seems like everything is running with some of that capability and Prosper's just got like a back door into all of it to manipulate it and disable it or do whatever it is that she feels is necessary at any given time. Um, we also, did you get the sense that Suleta always knew everything about her, her like creation? 
Mm, no, no, I don't think so. I think, I think, I think all of this stuff is stuff that she was like coming to terms with, and she was having her nighttime hams. Oh, okay, you know, okay. That's like that, I think that's what she's been kind of stewing about. Yeah. Um, because like she didn't know like at all like who who um, Eric was until she had that info dump with um, Ariel a couple oh, okay. of episodes back, right? Okay. Um, the one the one line that well it's there was the one line that did make me wonder. She says, "I'm guessing what you call a replica child." Yeah, I was like, like, "What's like, that? Where'd that term? That seems like a." Was well, like, "Is everyone cloning kids? Is that like a normal thing that people do? They have like a term for it? Yeah. Like when you clone your dead pet? Like is it like, oh yeah, this is my son. This is my replica son, just that, in case." That I mean, that's what threw me off too. Is like she was kind of talking about all of it in such ma uh, matter of fact way, including like details we hadn't really heard her specifically like verbalize. So like. So that's I guess she does have the internet. Maybe she was just like Googling stuff. Like, I mean, that's true. Yeah, maybe can she like, you found clone out your kid? <laughs> how <laughs> to own yeah. child. And yeah. So yeah, Repl child's a whore. That, that sounds like something from like some sort of like B movie, like sci-fi horror. Yeah, Replica child. And it's just yeah. Um, so that was that was something I was a little bit, I was a little bit off about um, it's a good thing we don't have any horrifying childbirth related material to cover later on tonight. oh god i don't even want to <laughs> we'll be getting to the 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 birthing in heavenly delusion here in a minute um i just wanted to shout out the utena reference here um way to take the coffin from utena and put it into space this is amazing i think this thing is cool looking in it's like so a sick. terrifying way it's sick this is just like i want to make a model of that i don't even know like what i would do with it but i want to model right it. right it kind of and then it like changes color when the data storm part is activated and then all the gundams come out in a, in something that also reminded me a little bit of end of evangelion when like all the uh unit what are they called the um the white ones with the wings came out yeah, and they yeah, like surrounded yeah. and like yeah it kind of reminded me of that too. Um the mass, the, the mass production units. Mass production units, that's right. Uh remind me of that a little bit. But yeah, I like the uh giant evil space coffin base where Prospera and her team of technicians, like there's a bunch yeah, of computers in there just like well, I, like they were working on Quiet Zero yeah. all the way back in the the prologue right like it wasn't initially yeah. meant to be a weapon of whatever the hell it's doing yeah but what was it meant for before like what did they did they explain what they were doing with it I before think, she i think it was supposed to be kind of like bluetooth and it was the idea that you could send your gundams out and they wouldn't have to be piloted so that you could have pilotless uh, it's just always look evil, man. I guess. Okay. Well, I mean, you got an aesthetic. You just kind of got to stick to it, right? It's I mean, this is the woman who decided to name herself Prospera, mm -hmm, like. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if Shakespeare exists in this version of of, of reality. Right. I'm assuming so. Um, but even if not, like the fact that she had an evil alter ego ready to go. Yeah. Uh, when she enacted her her master plan, yeah, that makes sense. That I mean, do we big. do we not all have one of those? No, I do. I mean, okay, okay, but, but okay. you know, 
She actually, she, she, she went there. She got the mask and everything. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little, I'm a little jealous that her like dedication to the bit, to be honest. But yeah. Um. So what we, what we learned, I guess, is that that the mobile suit that Celeste is going to pilot to stop her mom, it doesn't have any protections with mm -hmm. the permit and the data source. So it's like fully manual is kind of what I'm assuming it is. Which... Well, in my understanding too is that. Like, not only does it not have protections that the other Gundams where people have already exploded in have, mm -hmm. but the only thing that's protecting Suleta from the data storm in the first place was Aerie and the gun bits. Oh, okay. And, right, right, right. And that won't be there. So I feel like it's like twice as bad as it normally would be for yeah. like, if she was just given a regular Gundam with like the usual safeguards. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. It's not, it's not good. She got to reunite with Mia Rene still too, right? Like that she has, better. <laughs> it doesn't. I mean, they got her right. Like, well, I have to because she doesn't. I mean, she knows what's going on. I think with Mia Rene, mm -hmm. I, I'm pretty sure the news broadcasts have. Yeah. Have, yeah. But I, I feel like that. I don't know. I feel like that once, because her approach to her mother has been very resigned. Where she's mm -hmm. like, yeah, we're not going to be able to talk my mom out of this. So I guess I'll, you know, I guess it's the only thing to do. Yeah. But you, we haven't seen any like indignation or anger or anything from Suleta, which is fine. She doesn't need to have that. But I feel like when she sees how um, completely shattered Miarine is yeah. by all of this, I don't know. I feel like that might add a little bit of fuel to the fire as far as her. Oh, I'm her assuming like before we get to the end game. Soleta's going to protect Mia Rene from Lauda. And so that's going to be how they end up reunited in some way. Uh, Theo brings up that Quiet Zero is activated. Does that mean Aerie could be in all Gundams now? Um, I don't know. I, I feel like, at least from what we've seen so far, there does seem to be kind of a range on it. Like, they're not simultaneously hacking into, like, all permit things throughout space get, yeah and earth right yeah there's just this there's just this bubble there's nothing saying that like it's immobile though like they could move it to you know because they were talking about earth's the earth sphere right mm -hmm. like that well they had to get it there somehow too right I'm yeah, sure yeah. Has some, like jet, jet boosters on it yeah yeah so it's it's currently in just that zone but I suspect that it will be on the move. Um, and that might, uh, and I assume that it's heading towards, they're planning to bring it to earth. Mm -hmm. Right. So I don't know. There's still, there's still kind of some what ifs on the actual trajectory of how all this will go. But I do, I do think Suleta and Irene will be reunited because of Lauda. I hope we don't, or, I, I just hope we don't have to wait until the very last episode of the season. Yeah. Or they're going to have ghoul kill Lauda. Because he's there, right? So someone is gonna kill Lauda. Lauda's dead. Yeah. You don't end an episode staring in vengeful hatred and, and um declaring war against one of the two main characters of the show uh, yeah. in a Gundam series uh without either dying horribly or getting like amnesia or yeah. you know, something's gonna happen. I can't see this ending well for Ghoul because I mean if his brother dies. He has no living family left if his brother dies, right? Nope. And 
if he has to fight his brother, that sucks too, because he had to, he killed his dad already. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, may, maybe, maybe, ooh, maybe uh, Petra will come out of her medical state coma or whatever, and they'll like, like page her in to his mobile suit, and then he'll realize she'll, she's she'll not dead. Down. She'll talk him down or something. Maybe. I mean, that would be that would be a, a happier ending. Yeah. I mean, why would they bother to tell us that you know she's not dead and is in the hospital? That's not gonna. I'm just saying the last time that someone directly threatened Mirina's safety, they got turned into pasta sauce. So That's I'm true. pretty sure, sure that if if uh, Suleta is in a Gundam that is colloquial known as the monster, mm -hmm. and she sees that there's some jabroni out there trying to <laughs> smack Mirina around with his giant robot hands. Um, yeah, I don't think she's gonna hesitate to uh, lay the smack down on him. Yeah, yeah, not looking for good for Lauda. Um, I, I thought Shadik would be killed, but I think he's just gonna be living it up in prison. Um, I, I I said this on Twitter the other day, but I really want to see um, post prison Nika. Fan yeah, on. I want to see her all like buffed out with like her prison tats. Yeah, she's, she's gotta get herself tats. In. She's yeah. gonna get tats. Yeah, I wonder if they'll uh I don't know, I wonder if they'll go easy on her, like if she ends up helping somehow with this upcoming operation, if the space assembly will cut her some slack. I mean real real law enforcement does that, you know, you cooperate. Um all right, guys. Uh we gotta talk about the body horror of <laughs> Heavenly Delusion, because that's what that's what this was. We have teenage childbirth and getting stabbed with a lot of medical instruments which was both i have thoughts about that and like how it ties back to what we know happens to her um oh yes oh, yep. yes um uh, what's this about turns into a, a freaky man-eater thing in yep. her vision yeah yep just all of mimihime's scary visions in this episode um he and was that the man-eater that ate the um the male body of um i'm not sure i was thinking that myself as well but i i don't think it was as colorful but also there had been enough time to go by maybe he was like kind of famished looking and it and it was him yeah i don't know um uh theo says it's not okay. uh so yeah we we got a lot of creepy visions again a lot of body horror but one of the biggest things is that i feel like we kind of got more information about the purpose of this academy and like what they're oh, trying yeah. what they're trying to do and i was like they're pulling a nope like like we're just straight up doing brain transplants we're raising superpowered kids so we can put this old lady's brain into somebody else like so oh, you mean um uh, get out oh get you're right it's get out not nope i'll have to fix the youtube description on this because i said it was nope um jordan peele movie nonetheless yeah. uh yeah so I think they're trying to achieve immortality, right? Well, so there, there's two things. Okay. There's the brain transplant thing. Yeah. But also there is, and I don't know if they've mentioned this before, but they're basically developing these kids to be soldiers, right? To be like, to be combatants. They, they use the, I think they use the term like soldier, right? Like the soldiers won't be ready or something like that. Oh yeah. Um, or like they're, I, I was under the impression that maybe like a part of it was like, so one of the things is we got confirmation that, or at least very heavy implications that the um, heaven stuff, while being in the past relative to the 
um, outside of the wall stuff. Yeah. It's still in some way, shape or form kind of post-apocalyptic because there's that whole bit where the director is like, oh, what, who, who's going to get mad at me for forcibly transplanting my brain into my assistant's body? <laughs> right. Government? There's no yeah. government anymore. Like, I was like, oh, there's not? That's yeah. Good, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. she. Um, I, I didn't quite pick up on that as far as the government part, but it. she did make it sound like this is, you know, this is a, a closed society type situation. And then she kind of mocked the idea that um, Maru, uh, not Maru, she mocked the idea that there was a God too. She's like, like, even they, and I'm pretty sure the image that they kept showing, the gold one, was um, the sibling pair from uh, Japanese mythology. whose yeah, names are escaping uh, me right now. It's like Izanaga and um, uh, the Moon Goddess. Oh my goodness! Um, someone in the chat, I'm sure knows. Uh, I've heard it so many freaking times over the years, but I can't think of it at the moment. But yes, yeah, that is the creation myth where they're stirring up the. Yeah, the, the water and all that. Yeah, if I remember right, he either cried into or jacked off into the water, and then they stirred it up, and then humans came out of it. Pretty sure it's a ladder. <laughs> it's like, sorry, YouTube. No, I, didn't a, make I mean, up the story. speaking, it's appropriate. So. Yeah, yeah. So, um, they, yeah, they're they're trying to. They're this is supposed to be heaven in their mind, and in some way, they're hoping to then expand it to the outside and we haven't seen what the outside current like looks like at, during that time so i don't know if it's just i assume it has to be in some way right like i don't think it's like post-apocalyptic or post-disaster because um normal people are sending their kids there they're just yeah like maybe in, right maybe i was thinking I, there's just because the the line i think is specifically i think i, I had it in the screenshots i think it's specifically like the like um, society, those things are all long gone. And so maybe you're right. Maybe she was speaking more from the perspective of like, well, we've removed ourselves from it. But I kind of thought that I'm, I'm thinking like it's that. more like a cult thing. Okay. Like like a highly like, they've obviously they've enlisted some of the most, uh, the brightest people to work for them because they've created this facility and it's very technologically advanced. I mean, we, I think we still are speaking about a future like a futuristic time because of the robots and everything like we don't currently have so maybe society is kind of like uh, i think it's more be... like a kanye school thing <laughs> oh god <laughs> i'm not i mean where no. people were like yeah you can take my kids and you know i think you're a genius and go ahead and you can teach them what you think they need to know to be as successful as you are but i think in this case it's less of like we'll turn your kids into highly successful individuals and more as do you subscribe to our philosophy we're going to change the entire world by raising up the next leaders you know that's like a selling point not necessarily a, a mission point um and they're gonna uh you know spread this philosophy outward when they when they grow up i think that's kind of what they're selling on the surface but um then they you know also want to put their grown-up brains in them yeah it's no good yeah they're good yeah um so yeah we kind of we kind of get that going on 
Um, I'm actually not going to show the picture of Tokyo giving birth because it's traumatic. <laughs> I know. I was. I was like. I, I, I was like. It's not showing anything, but it's yeah. also like. But it's also so like. I mean, as far as the tone of the episode goes, it's like. Yeah. That is. That's. It's pretty much that for 22 minutes. I guess there's yeah. a cute little bit at the beginning where we find out that maybe Hime's name is not. It's not necessarily like just like a cute little nickname. She really does have big old honking ears. Yeah, she's got big old donkey ears. Yeah. Which just seemed like an additional thing along with her like precognitive sort of abilities. Like, I mean, because donkeys aren't psychic, at least as far as I know. Never really, you know, checked with a donkey. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe donkeys know what the fuck's going on, man. I don't know. Um, That's how they never want to do anything because they know it's all going to go bad. <laughs> like, this is a waste of time. You're trying to make me work in these conditions in mm. this economy come on mm. now the the one thing i was really curious about because the show does not make it very clear still mm -hmm. do you think that tokyo knows what happened to her i feel like they did not explain that she was pregnant how she got pregnant yeah. or like or that she was even giving birth at the time of giving birth so i feel like she was completely in the dark yeah. about the entire thing because when she was saying like i'm dying it, it didn't just seem like oh this hurts a lot it's i i don't think she knew what was going on yeah i don't, I don't think, think she, she was knew what was going on we also learned surprise surprise that maru okay so we had kind of been double faked out at this point like they, mm -hmm. they had said maru you got to go find the person who looks just like you and we assumed for a long time that was tokyo and that they were the same timeline and that they were twins that got separated or something right and then we got wise to the timeline and we're like oh well it's tokyo's his mother mm -hmm. but it turns out that he still does have a twin somewhere yes and i was like <laughs> yeah. what where though like we haven't seen i don't think we've seen tokyo's or not i mean maru's uh, i don't think, I don't think point. so either but who knows yeah who knows at this point like um, so I thought that was kind of a, like another sort of neat twist on mm -hmm. that. I'm also curious what you think about, um, the robot, Mina. So Mina's like the one we saw in the beginning, right? And it has the weird attachments and is probably, is involved with either like creating some of the children or giving the children their flout or their powers, um, that kind of thing. And one of the robots who I assume is linked to Mina was giving the, the tech people instructions on like how to hook everything up or whatever. But I, I kind of think the robot is on the kids' side. The robot, there's some, the robot is at the very least on the robot side. There's some sort of, yeah. and there's also like the, this conspiracy that, um, oh, what's his name? Sawazari, Sawazame, Sawatari, Sawatari, right? The doctor. That's helping out with the babies. Oh, right, right, yeah. The one who is, like, not cool. With the with... brain transplant? Right, because the old woman's plan is to get her brain transplanted into uh, the lady that she just promoted. Mm -hmm. um, and then wait a while and get brain transplanted into Tokyo. Or not Tokyo's yes. child. Yeah. So Jamaru or whoever Maru. her sibling is. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, but it's him and, and that woman have some kind of 
ulterior thing going they're, on too. They're planning the prison break. It's yeah. pretty obvious that they're planning. They're they're working together as, somehow to uh, plan the prison break, because um, they're kind of whispering and stuff about it at various points. And then when they have the whole the pool meeting, that's a ruse. Like that's why I think the robot is in on it, or mm-hmm. some of the robots have been programmed to to help them or something. Because uh, what was I trying to? Say? think they give him that little like that that lesson about yeah that. yeah it basically like hey you need to you know we'll tell you when it starts and then you, you got to find the way you think is the way out you're like, all and uh, and specifically the um mina the mina bot calls them hiruko yeah yes she does which i thought was i think was the first time we've heard that other than when uh, maru has used it to refer to the man eaters yes so and it's the first time that the show has confirmed our our understanding that the man-eaters are yeah. these kids. Yeah, and I'm assuming that Maru calls them that probably because he was told because he was told to and he didn't know why. And then we also see the old woman does talk about soldiers and shows off the gun that mm-hmm. uh the beam gun. Yeah, the, beam. yeah, the, the yeah, the beam gun that's supposed to be it's not, it's not the special beam cannon, but it's um what do they call it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, okay, so here's a question I had because I'm um, I'm really bad with names, mm-hmm. and a lot of and obviously the show is intentionally trying to kind of fake us out with like the resemblances that certain characters have, but the the lady that raised Maru, okay, and gave um, Kiriko the gun mm-hmm. and and told them to find the person that looks just like Maru. Um, have we did we? get that lady's name and is it the same name as one of these people that we've met as kids I, in this facility? I, don't I feel like remember. it must be, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't remember if we've heard her name before because it's been so long, but I assume for sure that you know, she had the gun and she's probably one of the kids that we've seen. Given how the screen time was used, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the girl who showed up in the swimming suit, who wasn't supposed to be in the swimsuit with the black hair because the lady... Anzu? Anzu? I don't think her name was Anzu, was it? Someone's um, name was Anzu, maybe. Maybe. I don't know, but yeah, I, I, that's what I was thinking. They have like a physical resemblance. I don't know for sure that it's them, but they have a physical resemblance. And I don't recall ever seeing her really before her having any lines. So it seemed narratively like it was... The show was like pointing her out. Like, yeah, like, hey, mm-hmm. here's a character you don't really know, but you should maybe remember her. So we're going to have her do a couple things in this episode so that she sticks in your mind. Um, but... What did, you, what did you think of Oma? The glasses girl. I felt real bad for Oma, man. Um, so like, okay. poor kid. Born with the worst version of Cyclops powers, you know, I know. Uh, just like, it's like a beam uh, that I expected a beam to shoot out when the sunglasses came off. Yeah. It's like Cyclops mixed with Magneto where she just looks at someone and implants these horrifying visions in their head. Not even yeah. on purpose. Like it's not from her. She kind of triggers these yeah. hallucinations. Yeah, exactly. Um, and in such so maybe future vision. Was that right? Like- right. That's what I was kind of wondering. I mean, it's supposed to just be their anxieties or fears is kind of what the sense we get. But we know that Mimihime ends up basically plugged into a whole bunch of medical equipment, having to have 
body parts amputated and all that other kind of stuff in her future. So and she specifically drops that line where she says, I don't know why I would be afraid of these things. I've never had a traumatizing experience yeah. with needles and blades. Right. Yeah. And it's like, oh no. But then, you know, Kona as he he's claustrophobic. But that's a pretty common phobia, right? Like mm. I don't know if I mean, and needles, I think, are also a really common phobia. Like, I don't like getting my blood drawn at all. It freaks me out, as even as a person yeah, who has a lot of tattoos. I feel, I mean, obviously, like, the saw blades would be no good. But I, I feel like yeah. that's one of those things where if you're not exposed to them in a certain way, I, I, I wonder how deeply that fear is going to be embedded. Like, if you've never gotten a bunch of shots and stuff before, yeah. you don't even, like... You don't even think of needles going into your body as a thing that's going to happen very often. Yeah. Like, I, I'm wondering where that fear would manifest, right? Like, usually when people are afraid of needles, it's because, like, they had a really bad, scary experience with, like, a shot or something as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I've had that blood draws where they stab me a whole bunch of times. So now I always anticipate, like, they're not going to be able to find a vein. And so they stick are going to stick me a whole bunch and it hurts. And that happened, you know, when I was in labor specifically so like that was also bad um yeah because i would think that they only they have a medical ward and everything but it seems like it's either done by a human or by robots and i don't know that robots would you know in this futuristic setting would make those kinds of errors where you would you know build up a, an anxiety about that but mm-hmm. yeah i feel uh can relate to her feeling but i i agree with you it does seem like it might be based more on her, her having seen things that she can't describe because she then when she's talking with Kona she sees the man eater he's going to become and all the blood all over the floor and it's just like that scene was done really well because it just kind of invokes this This whole episode I thought was so good like just directorially yeah Yeah, the creeping dread how it follows the the blood pooling up and and her trying to ignore it I also liked you know that she was able to like overcome her fear and reassure uh reminded me of the sixth sense when yeah osman is trying to ignore the ghosts right yeah yeah very similar to that very similar to that um oh quanti five said he got checkboard allergy to i've heard of the checkboard allergy tests i don't have um like i don't even have seasonal allergies so i can't relate to that personally but i've known people have had to get that done with their kids especially because i think some of it includes nuts um yeah yeah yeah. well that's basically how they like i think because nut allergies have become so prevalent and dangerous Mm -hmm. because i i mean i guess i don't know if i got it as a kid but i've never been told that i'm allergic to anything so if i did it probably came back clear but yeah um, knowing how like how awful like nut and egg allergies have become for some kids or like, yeah, I, I've had students were like, it'll tell me in their notes. Like if this kid touches an egg, they might die. So like no eggs in your class, <laughs> you know, no eggs. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, also that stuff can also come on late. My mom developed an al- almond allergy at like 18. Like she didn't have any issues with almonds and it's just specifically almonds. Um, during our youth or anything and then she was walking through a almond orchard like i think it was a family member's almond orchard and just sort of like eating some almonds and had an allergic reaction to it and it's gotten worse as she's gotten older to the point where like my mom would need like an EpiPen if she just ate an almond my um my brother-in-law is uh he's living out one of my worst nightmares because um in his mid-20s 
he developed an allergy to avocado. That's horrible. I know. I, I truly, like, I, I felt bad when he told me because I was like, oh, like a part of me was like, oh, thank God it's not me. <laughs> like, I don't know what I would do. You can still I eat gu uh, guacamole. Yeah. Elephars yeah. uh, is anaphylaxis. Yeah, like her throat will close up. Mm -hmm. Sort of deal. Trouble breathing. Hives. The whole nine yards for, for almonds. And didn't develop until she was like 19. So, yeah. Just sucks. Um, yeah. Looking through the... Uh, we also know where we leave off with Maru and... Uh, I keep wanting to say Hiruko because... That's the name of the kids in this. Uh, Kiriko. Um, yeah. They're at the facility. Or right outside of the facility, I should say. And Robin is there. And we've been kind of like... I've been in the dark a little bit about Robin's involvement. I mean, as far as like any of the stuff that happened with Tokyo or, or what he's doing now. Like, I know that... I mean, they haven't really... Uh, the We haven't... The only thing we've gotten of Robin's entire existence outside of the one episode where we're introduced to him and then he disappears yeah. is when those guys recognized him as a doctor, I guess. Yeah. Um, as, as the, as the traveling doctor. And so that's all we know. But so, he's not the one who did the brain transplant on the siblings on, on. Well, he's not the one that Kiriko blames for doing the brain transplant. Right. You know, like, yeah, uh, he's not the doctor that was there when they were getting wheeled into to surgery. But I wouldn't be surprised if like the big twist is, oh, it's actually Robin that did it. And oh, the sure. other, you know, the other surgeon was secretly do, 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 do. I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah, trust yeah. anything this show tells me at this point. Yeah. I assume, right. I assume it's all a lie or it's all a, a fake out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, looking at this picture of all the kids together to see if I can spot kind of like the the who's who in here did not mm -hmm. know that ponytail guy was so tall um oh yeah well i mean i guess most of these kids are like super short though yeah because they're, yeah, they're, they're like they're like nine, nine. Yeah. yeah 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 and he's about it he's about as tall as a. Uh, um now do do you think did you notice well i mean i, I think it was pretty intentional but are they drawing um, Tokyo? Are they emphasizing Tokyo's feminine features more now that... Is it just the fact that like her hair has gotten a little bit longer while she's been in the maternity ward? Or I think she it's seems just the like hair, because she always had the eyelashes. You know, that was sort of like, is this a boy with really long eyelashes? Or is this a girl yeah. with really short hair? kind of deal and it, well, even know. with like her body just like the way that she was like walking and i don't know mm -hmm. maybe maybe it's just she's wearing an outfit that's not that really intentionally androgynous yeah sailor yeah because their school uniforms are really boxy i mean they're wearing like board shorts and just like square yeah tops you know which is um, on purpose like i mean clearly right like they're trying to prevent any curves from popping up or anything that's like true that. yeah yeah that's probably intentional by design on their part i feel bad that i i don't think kona knows he has a baby either. no he does though because does he? he had that like um he had that like empathetic kind of shockwave oh well, well yeah yeah he was he was, he was they call it like a sympathy pregnancy uh like sometimes the the spouse well, but he, 
but he got like a like a message right it said like the baby will be born or something did he get that message? i know that like he, there was some psychic stuff going on as far as him feeling like unwell Okay. And th- knowing that, that it was, and knowing that it was linked to Tokyo, so he knew like it was related to her state. But I, I, I at least didn't pick up on him. I mean, he he knows what thing. sex is, right? Like he knows, like. He, I mean, he, he knows what he did. As far as like he, he knows, was I there. think he knows why Tokyo disappeared for nine months after. You think so? I think so. Yeah, I, I think he definitely knows. Yeah. Okay. Plus, he's like psychic, you know. He, That's true. I mean, uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I kind of want to rewatch this episode too because there was just a lot of things. Very dense. Very dense. A lot going on. Um, and I'm curious. I mean, we know some of these kids' fates now at this point. Um, and what's going to happen? Like, I, I feel like there's going to be a blackout or something like the doors are just going to open and they're all going to make a run for it thinking well, so they're playing is, a game and then what is it is it the whole thing going to be that like the doctor and um is it like an apocalyptic cult like they unleashed the man eaters on the world specifically to end it so that they could like oh yeah i don't know i mean i don't they think obviously that like something is about to go down if they if they're going to create soldiers and that they've created weapons for these soldiers right and again that's not unusual for people who believe there's going to be some kind of apocalyptic event you know like a lot of cults end up armed to the teeth and have like a lot of firearms and stuff like weird how that happens weird how that happens yeah like what happened in waco and i mean uh, charles manson's cult too so oh heaven's gate was stocking up on firearms before they drink their yeah heaven's gate jonestown too um it's so it's not unusual for for those sort of situations to have weapons um but i'm not clear on yeah what is going to actually become the post-apocalyptic event um they're still relatively small population wise even given how extensive the facility is like this is a pretty high-tech facility for what appears to be these are all the kids right like they all met down there i think that's all of them and i mean and there's the some adults, that, right? Yes. Yeah. But this is supposed to have been a world-ending event, right? Not just Japan. Right. Like all of humanity has gotten, in theory, completely jacked up because of this. So right. I'm wondering if there's more to it than just the kids become the man-eaters. Like, I feel like there has to be some greater cataclysm, you know, some, like, massive yeah. earthquakes or, you know, environmental somethings that... Right. Yeah, because in this episode, the the doctor, he's not even sure why the kids, they still don't know why the kids are even turning into monsters. Like, they don't know why that's happening um, and how to prevent it. Like, it's, they think it might be contagious or they're not sure if it's contagious anyway. Um, but it's it doesn't seem like that's their goal result is to unleash man eaters on the world because they, they don't seem to be in control of that process. Um so I'm thinking that it's more like a side effect of however they're creating some of these children. Um, yeah. So there's, there are still a lot of unknowns and this definitely felt like uh, no kids have turned into a monster yet in that timeline. They have contacted. Uh, 
Kind of, yeah. I mean, we watched that one kid like completely deteriorate, and then they cremated him. Um, so they don't they don't know why why that's happened yet. And yeah, it doesn't seem like we've had like a monster like unleashed in here, unless you count. We also don't know why a sewer looked like that, right? Yeah, yeah. We still don't. I mean, if we've got a girl who has donkey ears, like maybe it was just like that. It was, you know, she just had a lot of, Asura just had like a ton of psychic abilities and, you and know, she's like just, the, the frog girl. So they, yeah. they, they, they know that the kids are like, I guess it's unclear how m- much of those like a- animal or, or, um, there's like, uh, what's the word? Phenotypic, right? The, the actual mm-hmm. physical, um, I guess it's unclear whether those are the same goal or whether they just want like the psychic powers. And stuff. Right. Yeah. 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 We're not entirely sure. Like, what exactly they're trying to cultivate if it's just some elaborate abilities like the ability to climb walls or precognition or yes or levit you know levitation telekinesis sorts of stuff or if it's uh or if it's it's something else i mean we have also seen like the weird looking babies still kind of assuming those weird looking babies somehow develop into humans even though they don't have, even though they have like squid feet, don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot <laughs> that, about those. You forgot about the squid feet babies, yeah. Um, so yeah, there's the still bulls, a lot the bullseye faces. Yeah, there's still a lot of unknowns. I don't think we're gonna get a nice, clean explanation for all of this. To be honest, because the well, manga is still ongoing. The, the manga is still so on... forthright with its answers. <laughs> yeah, the manga is still ongoing, and this was episode eleven. Like we've got, yeah, we got one, one, or one or two. Yeah. Yeah, we got like one or two episodes left. I'm kind of assuming it it wraps with like I'm assuming maybe two. We get um Kiriko and Maru reach the facility and encounter Robin, and that stuff happens, and the kids make a break for it. Mm-hmm. And that's about that's about it. So, yeah, I mean, unless they go for one of those like double length finale episodes, yeah, so like Demon Slayer's getting one of those. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> seventy minutes. Well, fifty if you count the commercials. So, oh right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Hooray. So, um, people have stuck it out. I still think this has been like, as far as uh, production wise, this has been a ma- an amazing show. The the mysteries have been really good. I mean. I hope that it gets a second season. My only fear is usually with second seasons is if they're going to get the entire team back because mm-hmm. a lot of what made this what it, what it was was the team behind it, the director, the character designer, the key animators that they brought on, um, stuff like that. Um, and I've seen what happens, you know, when you try to do another season of like, I don't know, One Punch Man without that. Yeah. And you know? it, it's not the same. So, well, I'm wondering too, I mean... Um... You know, we've talked on the show before about how important uh, international broadcasts are becoming to kind of quantifying the success of a show. Yeah. Right. Where like a show like Chainsaw Man can can earn back its entire budget even when its physical media releases in Japan are relatively low. Yeah. And I'm wondering if this is the kind of show where whether or not it did the numbers it needed to here or you yeah. know, overseas is going to be a determining factor because I, unfortunately I, I feel like 
I feel like being on in Hulu, the Hulu gulag is worse than Netflix jail at this point. Like I don't, I don't see any discourse about this show happening on a week to week basis. No, I don't know how many people are watching it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know either. And I mean, there was also that stuff in the beginning where there's, there was like major issues with the subtitle timing and Mm. people will just like, I got to go onto another service. I'm not using to watch anime to watch this specifically. And then when the subtitles don't, work correctly uh you know yep. there's 40 shows a season i'm i'm out you know so yeah um unfortunately this is one of those ones where like i don't i don't even know what the home video situation is for it as far as like, oh, an english I am, not, I am not assuming we're gonna see any kind of blu-ray like <laughs> if we like i would love i would buy it on blu-ray just as a matter mm-hmm. to like support the show um mm-hmm. in the hopes that it continues but i don't know who we would get that from yeah, I mean, Disney has not been uh, super um, enthusiastic about putting most anything that isn't one of their live-action remakes out on Blu-ray these days, or a Marvel yeah. movie. Yeah, I was going to say, Summertime Rendering took forever to come out, and that's not out on Blu-ray, is it? So. Mm, let's see, I don't know. I wonder. Uh, Minmog so. said that the Japanese Blu-rays for, for the series, though, uh, come out in August and September. Uh, if you wanted to import them. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. It yeah. does not look like it now. Yeah. Not look like there's any yeah. um, region release for the West for Blu ray. Yeah. Well, James, you know what we got to do? We got to put our anime powers together. Yes. And make that By our powers combined. I've already mentioned bothering Yoko Taro and uh, Mr. Maruyama at Anime Expo, um, Production IG will be there as well. So if I get the opportunity, I'll be sure to let them know that we personally here at the ANN After Show would like a home video release of Heavenly Delusion. And please, please. Uh, if you get the please. chance to bother Yoko Taro, if you could also just put in a good word and let him know that there is at least one humble critic that will contribute um, a solid 25 to $50 towards the production of a Guard 3 remaster. So... <laughs> You'll put, put that word in there. The Dragon when Dragon Guard three come out, James. Um, it was after the the original near. I want to say like twenty fifteen ish. Okay, thereabouts. Okay, okay. So, so kind of a busted game, technically speaking. Yeah. So could really benefit from a remaster. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll uh I'll make sure to let him. Do we even really know it's a man under there? Yes. Well, I get. Uh, I I I've, I've seen him speak at a. I want to say it was a, a GDC panel where he he didn't have his mask on. So, seriously, I think so. You've seen Yoko Taro without his mask. This is like news, isn't it? Yeah. No, I I. I think it's one of those things where, like, if you go looking for it, you can find it. I think it's okay. just. Okay. I think okay. I think specifically it's publicity that he doesn't love. But if it's like you know, a conference for developers where he just gets to talk about like what he actually does at his job. He's probably, he's probably fine with it. So okay. yeah, he just looks like a guy. Just looks like a dude. Okay. Yeah. Well, like a middle-aged Japanese man. Okay. Well, next week guys, uh, we won't be doing this. We're going to be doing the trailer watch party. So um, tune in for that. It'll be Wednesday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, me, James, Jackie Jing and Jeff Thu will be there going through all the trailers for the summer season. Um, 
it's bound to be a really good time. So come, come hang out with us. Uh, and then the following week, let me look. I always have to look at the calendar at the end of the show. Okay, so we're doing that on Wednesday. Uh, the following week is the 27th. I will not be here. I'm flying out to Los Angeles on the 27th um, because I'm spending a couple days at Universal Studios with my family before I uh, do AX. So I'm going to go see that uh, Nintendo World in person. I know if that's any good or get trampled by Goombas. I don't know. Hopefully we'll the first first one. Hopefully the first one. So uh, we'll see you guys next week on Wednesday. And until then, be cool. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.